We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dynasty fantasy football has been played for decades, but it's seeing a resurgence in popularity. Those players who play in keeper leagues and dynasty leagues are among the most passionate fantasy football players. They want to know market values and do trades all year long. I'm Alan Soslowski from Rotowire. And in this episode, I'm talking with Jerry Donabedian, a longtime Rotowire writer and analyst. We're going to talk about wide receivers that are undervalued on the dynasty market. And January and February is the perfect time to trade for these veteran players. People start to accumulate rookie picks and they undervalue veterans. What I found fascinating was that Jerry's list consisted of a lot of younger players that had down years, whereas my list was older veteran players that are still producing at an elite level, but their market value, their trade value has been depressed. I hope you enjoy this wide-ranging conversation that Jerry and I, who we had disagreements on a lot of these players. I could tell when I was talking to Jerry, Jerry, he was starting to shrug at some uh, at some of my picks, and I, I was shrugging at some of his picks, but that's what's so great about Dynasty Fantasy Football. There's so many avenues to get a championship. Roto-Wire's just updated our Superflex Dynasty rankings, our two quarterback rankings. You can see them now for free for 10 days. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try. You can see all of our premium content free. Dynasty fantasy football, man. This is, you know, January. I would say right after the Super Bowl is when that startup season begins. What, um, are you, how many dynasty leagues are you in? So right now, I, I want to say I'm in six, but I, I just dropped out of two. Um, but I might be, I might be replacing them. I might, so I might end up in more than six, but basically my goal is to have it all on one or two different sites. Like last year I was playing on, I think, four different platforms for dynasty, uh, including two where I only had one team. So it's just a lot of work on Sundays, especially in leagues that aren't best ball scoring. Uh, so I guess the answer is six to eight probably. Yeah. I think that for me, it's like if, if my dynasty leagues aren't you know, on sleeper, I'm not doing them anymore. I'm, I'm in like 25 dynasty leagues. I'm in, you know, I have a serious problem, but that's what dynasty league players do because every time they do a draft, they they say, oh, if I just had one more opportunity to do this over, you know, like it's just if I just had one more league, I could get it right. I mean, we yeah. all experienced that. So what is your what's your basically what's your basic dynasty philosophy? Like, how do you like to do a startup? Let's say it's in a traditional one QB league. 
startup. So I'm, I'll usually go for win now in a startup. Um, I actually saw someone post a team on Twitter that I liked a lot. Like a strategy I might use, like I might draft like Brady, um, you know, if I have a really early pick, maybe go for like McCaffrey, uh, and then I'll try to win for the first year or two and plan on doing like almost a full rebuild. I think usually in a startup, you'll see a few teams at least that do the opposite, right? They try to load up on young players. They sacrifice the first year or two, um, I think. So I usually like to go the other way around. I don't know if that's smarter or I'm just impatient, but I do also like getting to then do a full rebuild a year or two down the line. Yeah, and I always hear people talking about like a productive struggle where they they draft a ton of rookies, a ton of unproven second year players, and what I realize is that they're they're in perpetual rebuild mode, and those guys are always trading their once that, those players hit, they immediately trade them away for more rookie picks. They're yeah. in they're in perpetual rebuild. It never works. I think you always. I don't have the stomach for like, hey, I'm going to win in two years from now or three years from now. I am always trying to win now. So I'm with you. Like, and that's like our, that's what our topic is for today. And we're going to talk about must uh, or undervalued players, like must buy wide receivers, players that are basically undervalued by the dynasty community, not so much by the redraft community that you can get for cheaper than their market value. And when I, when I say that is, I mean, like, for example, like players, older veterans, you're going to see them fall, tumble down the dynasty board. But when the redraft rankings come out in August and July, those guys are in the top 20 at their position. It, it right. makes me laugh every single year. So what is, um, what is your superpower as a fantasy football player? What, what do you think your edge is? Um, ruthlessness. So you know how you said you don't like a productive struggle? I'll do – I like a, f- a full tank. Like in my favorite league, which I just won this year. Two years ago, I won zero games. Was like the joke of the league. I mean, I was my. It was just the most blatant tank you'll ever see. Uh, but it, it worked out. So, I guess I'm. If I do go for the rebuild, I go really, really hard, and I'm willing to finish last place one or two years in a row to build that super team. Um, but I don't, I don't do the thing you said, where as soon as my young guys do well, I then trade them for younger guys. Now I keep them because eventually you do need to win. But you do see that, right? Like in right. some of your leagues, there's always those guys, those fantasy managers, that the minute someone hits, sell high, right? Sell high immediately as soon as somebody, what can I get? I'm on all these dynasty boards, and I see what can I get for so last night? What can I get for Cam Akers? It's like – Hold the guy, right? Hold, hold them. Let's see what actually happens. Um, we were talking about a little bit about dynasty philosophy and a startup. So I've gone back and forth. Like last year in my startups, I just I just collected young running backs in the first couple rounds. Like I was DeAndre Swift in the first, Antonio Gibson in the second. I mean, and then I just filled in with veteran wide receivers, like the the undervalued guys from last year, the Jarvis Landry's, the Robbie Andersons. Obviously, a lot of those guys they didn't pan out. So. I'm now swinging back the other way this season where I'm focused a little bit more on the young proven proven wide receivers and then fill in because I feel like in dynasty you could always you could always get the Melvin Gordon Leonard Fournette types James Conner types and fill it in. What do you think about yeah. that? Filling in with the long-term assets, the wide receivers being the the hot the longer shelf life assets. 
Yeah, it depends. It depends so much on the league format. I think my inclination is to build around wide receivers because they do have a longer career span than running backs. Uh, get hurt less often, miss fewer games during their primes. Uh, but that said, in a lot of leagues, like a pretty good wide receiver is worth almost nothing, right? You're really just looking for the next Jefferson. Jefferson. And I can see that's maybe part of why people are always flipping those assets. It's like, oh, well, T. Higgins is good, but he's not Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase good. So I'll trade him for a few picks. Maybe I get the next Justin Jefferson. Meanwhile, it's like how many 1,200-yard seasons are you going to miss out on in the meantime? Yeah, and by the way, today's podcast, this Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, is brought to you by WinBet. Uh, WinBet is a, our partner all season long, and if there's one thing we appreciate at RotoWire, it's making a good decisions, even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you from RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor of RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action, user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino, take a spin and roulette, double down blackjack, um, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in seven states while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to 500 bucks. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner uh, for RotoWire Fantasy Podcast. All right, I'm here with Jerry Donabedian. I'm Alan Soslowski from RotoWire and our brand new Dynasty pa- podcast. I think the Dynasty content is underserved. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of Dynasty podcasts out there, but do you agree? I mean, it is having a surge in popularity. I am seeing more and more casual players, Jerry, go into the Dynasty space or at least be curious about it. Yeah, and I mean, I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was a casual player. I haven't been for a decade. Um, but I'm fairly new to it. I mean, I think I've been playing in some capacity five, five or six years, but really only the last year or two that I would say Dynasty has become my favorite thing. Like it was Redraft, then DFS, now Dynasty. And I don't really see that changing. I mean, then again, I guess I may have said the same thing in the past. But yeah, I think more people who really get into Redraft end up where I did, where it's like you're looking for something that's, more well maybe you want it to be year-round especially if you don't like me you don't follow baseball don't follow basketball um so like managing my dynasty teams is my sports in the nfl offseason um so yeah i think you're seeing more and more of the serious redraft players turning to dynasty i almost got a little bit bored with redraft i mean it's it's fun i still like it when my leagues come around it's you know my long-standing leagues but it's kind of the same thing every year you know and there let's say that there's definitely once there's a certain benchmark of skill level in your redraft leagues there is a definite more element of luck obviously you have to grind you have to do the pickups but even the most casual players are well informed because of the internet and great sites like rotowire and some of our other colleagues in the industry whereas dynasty there's still an edge to be had with, like you said, with the year-round grinding, trying to predict values 18 months from now. Yeah, I do find in my redraft leagues, especially ones against high-quality competition, like the difference between the last and first place might be like 20 points per week, 15 points per week. In Dynasty, you have time over years to build up a really strong team or a really bad one. You see more differentiation between the teams. 
Uh, and it doesn't, maybe it is just as much luck, who knows, but it doesn't quite feel like it. Yeah. And with Dynasty also, it's, you know, um, a colleague of mine, Rich Dotson, said that even when you're losing, you're winning. Like it's fun. It can be fun to rebuild if you're in a league that has a high volume of trading and people are willing to, you know, sell off those veterans for first round picks. And we're going to get into all that. But today, I think in January and February is the ideal time to buy underpriced wide receivers okay we're going to talk about position by position but we're going to talk today about our buy low wide receivers players that are undervalued by the market in january and these same players are going to be overvalued and too expensive as you get into october november december if they start to produce but right now as we know rookie fever begins and it culminates in may uh april may with the draft so we're going to talk about five players that and we might hit more uh, that we think are values in the dynasty market. And you can see all of our dynasty rankings right now on the Rotowire um, website. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try. You can see everything for 10 days free. We just posted our super flex two quarterback dynasty rankings and also our one QB rankings. All right. So Jerry, let's talk about, I, I saw the list you sent over. I, I really like this list because this is your list and my list couldn't be more different but they're this right for the same reasons. Your list is a little bit more with peak production guys that had a down year, and mine are crusty old veterans uh, getting towards age 30. Both fit that buy low category, but I'll start with yours. The name that popped off that you sent over was Tyler Boyd. Talk about Tyler Boyd and why you think he's a buy low for Dynasty. He's gonna He's age 27 heading into next season. Yeah, he's sort of in between. He's almost a near crusty. Like, I feel like he is in that category. But then you look up how old he is. You're like, oh, he's still I think he's only 26. Right. He turns 27 this off. Yeah, I'm talking about when we start when we start playing. So anytime we talk about age on this podcast, it's what age will he be when the season kicks off? Week one of 22. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. All right. So 27 year old. Happy birthday, Tyler. But yeah, I mean, he's not that old. And I guess it's like when you look at his value, two huge things happened this year. Right. Jamar Chase came onto the scene and was incredible. He's going to have a huge target share. Uh, the other thing that happened was Joe Burrow was even better than we thought. Uh, and this Tyler Boyd did not have a particularly good year statistically. I thought he played all right. Uh, but I think this offense, you look at it, there's just going to be a lot of yards, a lot of passing touchdowns over the next few years. Yes, Tyler Boyd is the third banana. But I think it'd be like a type of situation we saw with the Colts uh, back when Peyton Manning there. It's there. Remember one year, like Anthony Gonzalez had a thousand yards, seven touchdowns. I think Boyd can get back to those kind of numbers that he had as their number one receiver, as the number three in a lesser offense or better offense. Yeah. And so I just looked up Tyler Boyd's contract status. He is signed through the 2022 season and 2023 season. So he's not a UFA until 24. So he's going to be there. He's about an eight and a half million dollar salary. So that's, you know, that's, that's perfectly reasonable. Of course, it's, you could say it's a little high for a third receiver, but as you just talked about, he's a pretty damn good wide receiver three on your team. Uh, on most of if he hit the free agent market, he would probably end up being a you know a second wide receiver almost like miscast in his position like Corey Davis is with the Jets is like a, a fake number one you know uh but and also what's interesting I guess that on the Bengals there's no there's no tight end of note I, CJ Uzoma did come on he has been touched red zone relevant but Tyler Boyd especially I, I've moved Joe Burrow up in the dynasty rankings uh how high do you think he should be and 
to tie this all in, how high do you think Joe Burrow should be in the dynasty rankings? QB what? QB. Ooh, I haven't thought about this too much. That's what I'm saying. I know you're not looking at it. Like, off the top of your head. QB Joe Burrow. Okay, that's fair. I think that's going to be consensus. I have him at four because I have him ahead of Kyler and Lamar, but I understand if somebody doesn't. Yeah, and that depends. It's kind of one of those that depends on setting, too. So, like, in my favorite dynasty league, we do six-point passing touchdowns, and I intend to be in it for the next two decades. So, Burrow's, you know, better longevity projection, maybe, uh, and the fact that he's more passing-dependent could bump him up a spot or two there. Uh, but I think in most formats, I still just love the running potential and the potential for the you know twenty five point per game seasons. Although Burrow looks like he might have that with his arm, who knows? Yeah, and he has that 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 mojo about him too. And I know that's not measurable or mean anything for fantasy, but he looks like a guy that's going to will his team two victories to hot, you know, to he's the, the Bengals should be a top 10 offense for the next two years. And I think that that's another mistake that dynasty players say that, Hey, this guy's going to be great for the next 10 years. Dynasty in my judgment is best played in two to three year windows, probably in two because look who was on the covers of magazines two years ago. Some of those players aren't even in the NFL anymore. All right. So my first but, and I like that one a lot. That was the one that stuck out for me. You have a, a lot of good ones on there. And you know what? Tyler Boyd can be had pretty cheap. So that is that fits in. People are going to be willing to trade Tyler Boyd. Um, actually, you know, let's give people some actionable intel. What do you? What kind of a trade do you think you can make for Tyler Boyd? Like, hmm. what type of a player do you think a second round rookie pick would get it done? Oh, yeah, I think most people would take a second round. Even in a draft like this one that people aren't especially excited about, I think a second round pick will get you Boyd in most leagues. Um, I think in some formats, even a third round pick, maybe a third plus a future something, or uh, maybe someone would take like Terrace Marshall, you know, uh, give him a second chance. Everyone's down on him. But, hey, he's young. He has more theoretical upside than Boyd. Yeah, I like. I, I kind of like Terrace Marshall. I may have just talked myself into the other try. <laughs> so, okay, here my first buy low target is a player that's just is going to be undervalued for the rest of his career. He's been undervalued for a few time for a few years already, and that's Mike Evans. This is the perfect time to buy Mike Evans. He's going to be twenty nine years old. Okay, so he is. If you if you don't trade him, he's one of these guys that's going to just die on your roster. More and that's fine. You know, a, a great analogy I heard one time is with these like DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans types is what do you care about the price of your house if you're gonna live in it? Right? You don't care about the value of your house. So if you're gonna have these guys on your roster, it doesn't matter what their market value is. Because yes, their market value, these older veterans, are gonna be less than what their actual value is. Just off the top of your head, Jerry, do you know what Mike Evans finished as wide receiver what this year? Hmm. 17 nine wow wow I was, right if anything i was gonna say lower than so i was like wide receiver 24 right. and that and i think and you're a sharp dynasty player so imagine if that's your market perception what the actual what the general market's going to be and i was just in a dynasty startup a month ago i know i know i'm a little crazy a little sick and i got mike evans in a in like the like i think it was the ninth round nobody wants him like people were drafting Chris Godwin, who might be out for the entire year or for most of the year next year, uh, for at least for the first six or eight games uh, ahead of him. And I get that. But Mike Evan, I mean, we I think we agree he's a Hall of Famer. Um, 
little bit more volatile, but he's a set it and forget it player, right? So what I do you think about, about Mike? Hall Ab- Famer, but yeah, I mean he's this yeah he's a he, set it and forget it starter for eight years now, and mm-hmm. I mean Brady's coming back next year probably, and even if he doesn't. So, so you like Mike Evans as a buy low, or is that someone that you're staying away from? Obviously, everything's yeah, yeah, I like him as a buy low, and I like Godwin as. I mean, it's hard to sell sell someone high off an ACL, but in a few months, you know, people do forget about the difference between like a September versus November December ACL tear and how much that it's a huge difference in what the projection is for next year. And with Godwin and Evans, a big part of their value is what you expect them to do the next year or two before Brady retires, right? Not to say they won't do well after that. Uh, but yeah, I would I would definitely go Evans or Go- over Godwin, even though in terms of which player I like, I have always been on the other side of that. I think most dynasty people are too. Godwin's always been very popular. And Mike Evans is so boring. He just puts up a thousand yards, nine touchdowns. It's like... <laughs> When's he going to put up 1,515 touchdowns? You know, he's probably never, but he's pretty darn good. Yeah. So if you were picking, let's say, if you made the playoffs and had an early exit, you were picking like ninth, 10th, around there in your rookie draft, would you give up pick 109 for him in a super flex draft where value falls? For Godwin? No, for Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, and I think that the fantasy manager that has Mike Evans that say that they don't could see themselves as a win now team, they might actually do it. And then I think the sales pitch that you can give to them for any of these veterans we're about to talk about is, hey, look, if you had pick one ten last year, you would have gotten uh, Waddle or Devontae Smith. You know, so you could pitch it that way. And what we know is that this draft class, well, by all accounts so far, is going to be a little bit less desirable, but that doesn't mean they're going to be less less good. So I mentioned Devontae Smith. You have him on your buy low list. I need to hear you uh, parse this one out because there is a, 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 let's say, a polarization in the dynasty market about him right now. So talk to me about Devontae Smith and why he sh- he's a buy low. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, you're not going to be able to buy that low, right? He's still going to cost you a lot. Top first round pick who had a pretty good rookie year. Uh, but I think because he did better in the first half of his rookie year, at least statistically, I think people are maybe down a little bit on him compared to where they were earlier in the season. And really, when you look at it, uh, his target share, yards per target, he looked the same. The Eagles just ran the ball a ton. They finally found would work for them. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case long term, right? He's not going to be stuck in an offense that runs the ball 35 times a game throughout his career. And I thought he came in, played pretty well as a rookie, earned it over 20% target share right out of the gate, maintained it all year. Uh, so, yeah, he's not as good as Jamar Chase, but I think he did live up to the expectations of his draft pick. Uh, and maybe if there's some slight disappointment, it's based more on team context and more on what Chase did rather than any failings of Devonta Smith on the field. I think he answered most of the questions about being undersized. Uh, he's surprisingly tough for someone who's smaller than all the cornerbacks he's facing. Uh, and, you know, he held up well. He didn't get injured. He didn't look, you know, overmatched. He didn't get bullied the way Marquise Brown did in the second half of the year. Uh, so, yeah, I feel really good about him going forward. Yeah, he was a, uh, what, uh, like a black box type of prospect coming out. Nobody really knew his weight. No one knew his, <laughs> no one knew a lot of his metrics, his speed. I mean, we saw it on the field. So, and maybe sometimes that's a good thing, right? And, uh, but now 
the thing I want to ask you about Devontae Smith, do you, if you're if you're buying Devontae Smith in Dynasty, and again, I, I agree with you there. I think he's a uh, he's the perfect type of buy low because started you saw enough to be confident in him, and then he tailed off, and that could be you know the Eagles went a little more run heavy towards the end, and I think there's some questions about Jalen Hurts. But if you're buying Devontae Smith in Dynasty, do you want Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback? Um, or is probably. it neutral? Yeah, I'm, I'm undecided on Hurts. I think he's been in so many different systems, moved around. He showed some signs of being good this year. I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback. Um, I think he's – I'm. I'd be okay with him as Devonta Smith's quarterback for another year, given this draft being what it is. I don't see them being playing players for Rodgers or Wilson this offseason, although that would be the dream scenario, right? Uh, is that he gets a good veteran QB, but it's probably hoping for a little too much. Uh, but it it doesn't worry me as some other situations the young receivers are in. So the Eagles have three first round picks. They have their own. They have Miami's, and right they have Miami's pick. Yeah, they have. I don't remember and, who's, but I know they have. Three. Yeah. So so they have their own. They have Miami's, and they have the Colts from the Carson Wentz deal. So they have three picks in the top 19. So they could possibly use one of those picks, you know, on a, on a prospect, a draft prospect, and maybe package the other two with Jalen hurts for one of the super quarterbacks. Now, again, we, I think we agree that if that does happen, uh, Devante Smith is no longer by low. He's a, Oh my God, I can't even afford him. Right. I mean, even if Deshaun Watson or if any perceived quarterback upgrade uh, happens in Philly, it, you're not going to be able to afford him. So I think this is the time right now, January. If you are a dynasty player and you were watching this, Jerry Donabedian just identified a really interesting point. Even with the the quarterback situation, it's like, okay, whatever, I'll take it. It can the only thing that can happen is it can go up. It can't go down. They're not gonna and if they go to Gardner Minshew, I would say for fantasy, that's at least a lateral move, if not an upgrade. Right, because then you're getting he's about as you know he's about the same as Hertz as a pass, or maybe a little bit lesser. But they're not going to run the ball quite as much, right? You're not losing as many pass attempts to scrambles, QB runs, uh, and yeah, the QB at this time of year, I think a lot of the buy low and sell high is based on QB uncertainty and identifying where there's downside below, like where we're currently at. And where there's upside. And I don't see any scenario where the Eagles get rid of Hertz, get rid of Minshew, and start some total scrub, right? I think it's going to be one of those two or an upgrade. Um, probably one of those two, realistically. But there's some shot of Rodgers or Wilson. And, you know, there's not much hype. About or Watson. Throw right Watson now. in or there, Watson, too. right. I, yeah, I don't mention it. They... Yeah, but I, he is, I mean... You know, people are, I, I've heard a lot of talk that, oh, he's never playing again. Where is that coming from? Like there, of course, that's a possibility when we talk about Watson, but there's also, I think, a, a greater than 50% chance that he's on an NFL team and playing week one. I mean, he could be suspended. A lot, it's. I mean, look at the history. He's playing again. I don't necessarily think, I don't know the details exactly. Does it, whether or not he should, he's, it's, I think he'll he'll play again i mean yeah. ben roethlisberger played was only suspended four games for yeah i mean we see this all the time in dynasty do you remember that year that tyreek hill is never playing again and then he didn't even get a suspension like these things happen a lot 
uh, you know, where the, the NFL, you know what there's um, with talent comes tolerance, right? The more talented you are, the more tolerance there is for you to have an NFL career. And I think we agree uh, when healthy and in the right frame of mind, Deshaun Watson is a top four fantasy QB top five yeah, at the least. Yeah. Player. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm in a best ball, a redraft super flex best ball right now. And he went in the third round. I mean, you know, he would obviously be a first rounder in any format other than one QB, you know, typical dress. All right, let's move on. So we're going to go back to the old crusty crew. Keenan Allen is my buy low. Keenan Allen will be 30 years old. Another player that is going to be loath by the dynasty market in startup drafts. You're going to be able to get him so cheap. Nobody wants a 30 year old player in dynasty, but what did he do this year? Let's see, Jerry, take a guess. Where did Keenan Allen finish as wide receiver? What in PPR? I would guess like six. So you're it's again, depending on format, he finished as wide receiver 11. And that's only because Hunter Renfro of all people knocked him down. And I don't think, I think we all think Hunter Renfro, no one's going to be ranking him as a top 15 wide receiver next year. We can agree there. So yes, he was in the top 10 Keenan Allen. Justin Herbert remains his quarterback. I have Justin Herbert ranked as the QB three in dynasty. So you're talking about the number one target with the, a top five quarterback for at least the next two years, uh, Players like Keenan Allen, their game seems to age well. And again, I guarantee you, if you are a contender and you don't want to make that pick at 110-111, I'm pretty certain in most leagues you'll be able to get Keenan Allen for your late first-round pick. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that if you are going for a win now in a startup or just in general, that's who you want to target, right? Because he's got QB stability. Uh, maybe he will decline, Um you know, in three years, he might not be good anymore, but I'm pretty darn sure he's going to put up big numbers in 2022, 2023. Uh, and yeah, it's just one of those guys like, yes, he might, you look at the age and he's not maybe a long-term asset, but he's also not like Julio Jones or something where you're like, you don't know if you're going to get anything out of him. Like, you know, you're getting a top player for another year or two at least. Yeah, Julio Jones, though, even in those late peak parts of his career, age 28, age 29, every time he got tackled, he got up, you were like, eee. Keenan Allen had some durability concerns in early in his career, but I don't I'm not sure how many, has he missed a game over the last three right. seasons? Yeah, he, right. He had two severe injuries in his first three or four years, and I think he's only missed maybe one game the last five years. Uh, yeah. yeah, Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins, too. I worry a lot, little about the fact that before they started missing games, they were like on the injury report every week for two to three years, not practicing. Uh, and then this year, we both, well, Julio last year, he finally started missing games. Hopkins this year. Um, but maybe that makes Hopkins a buy low, right? Because people are going to see the Julio path for him. And who knows whether that, that might just be recency bias that. Because of Julio, in my mind, I'm like, oh, once these guys, you know, once the injury finally happens that knocks them out, they never come back. But. Yeah, I, I think that for sure, I agree that Hopkins can fall into that category. But I think we can agree that Hopkins has carries a lot more risk. We're starting to see the breakdown, whereas uh, some of the other older veterans we spoke about a minute ago, like uh, Keenan Allen and Mike, uh, Mike Evans, we not only have we not seen a breakdown, we've seen a maintenance of their high elite production, right. but the we're trying to find here 
uh, chasm between the market perception and the actual di- and the actual value. Um, and you're you're doing it. What's so funny about these lists, which I, I find fascinating, is that we went in totally different directions. You're you're targeting elite players that had a down year, and I'm targeting non desirable players that had great years. So yeah. these are two different strategies, and that's what's so great about Dynasty. There's so many paths to get a championship. Right. I another guy on your list here that you sent over to me that I absolutely did not even think of, and I, I feel stupid for not thinking of it. But that's why we do these podcasts, Jerry, because I'm gonna go target Terry McLaurin as soon as we get off here because his owners are furious that he was putting up like zeros. All right, so talk me through Terry McLaurin. Why do you think he's a good buy low? What you think the Washington quarterback situation is in worst case scenario, and what could you trade away to get Terry McLaurin? I think everyone was expecting the breakout this year uh, and it didn't happen, but I thought he looked great. So I thought he played really well. The Washington offense was just a disaster. And again, that's one where the QB uncertainty is a good thing, I guess, because it can't get too much worse than that. Well, Kyle Allen. (laughs) Makes, but uh yeah it can't get too too much worse I, than last you really think they're gonna go to kyle allen i think that they'll yeah they'll, they'll hit up bring in, they have to bring in someone new after how poorly heineke played and they know that kyle allen is i mean they like him as backup but i mean there's gonna be some good veterans on the market this year jerry i mean uh you know potentially jimmy garoppolo is going to be available for trade if they go out this round potentially who knows uh you know mitch trubisky i i know that we, he's kind of like a, a dynasty joke but he's he could he's good for fantasy football. So if he ends up there, that could be good for Terry McLaurin. Yeah, right. There's a few different there's a few different possibilities. Even like a you know rookie first round pick would give some hope for the future. Um, I haven't really I have McLaurin on a lot of teams already, so I haven't explored this. He might be a guy where people like him so much that there's really not a buy low opportunity. Maybe everyone's thinking what I'm thinking, like uh, he's finally going to get a quarterback, but. How many, you know, we've said that two off seasons in a row already, right? I think people get tired of that, even if there's still a chance it happens. Yeah, so I'm looking on the Rotowire uh, Dynasty rankings, Superflex rankings, which are available now at rotowire.com forward slash try. Get them for free for 10 days. And let's see, where do I have uh, Terry McLaurin ranked among our wide receivers? I have him as wide receiver 14, just above Devontae Smith and Michael Pittman, just below T. Higgins and uh, Devontae Adams, who I have at number 12. I have Adams low because of uh, the QB uncertainty, but he finished as the wide receiver 25 this year. So this is exactly the actionable intel that we're talking about, who's a player that we believe the future value is going to be good on, whose market value is depressed, I think that's a really good buy low. So what do you think that you what, – what do you think it, it would take to get him? Like what kind of – is there some players maybe that overperform that you could trade away to get him? Some I mean, rookies? Thing, like I would try trading Devontae Adams for him. That's would be like – I think the, the QB uncertainty is one guy is more likely to improve. The other guy is more likely to drop off. Um, and I think, you know, Devonte Adams, there's still a chance that he stays with Rogers, right? Even if they, they could both leave, they could both stay. Um, so I'm not, I'm not trying to throw him in the trash, say I'm done with him, but there's enough concern there that I would start like, especially if I don't love my chances, right. Of winning a championship in 2022. Um, you know, I would start offering guys like Devonte Adams, uh, maybe Tyler Lockett plus some picks for Terry McLaurin, stuff like that. By the way, hot take alert. 
hot take alert. You uh, just said trade away Devontae Adams for Terry McLaurin. And you know what? I'm not going to throw any cold water on that tape because I love it. And I think that, you know, we, we say, oh, you know, we, we see it coming, right? That Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, there's a 30% chance they're going to be on different teams. And what does Devontae Adams look like with Jordan Love, right? I mean, probably wide receiver 16, something like that, right? I mean, Devontae's so good. Guess. We can't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, he's a great player. Yeah, he'll still he'll have more productive years regardless. Yeah, Devontae Adams is one of the most fascinating ranks. I told you, I have him at 12. I've seen him as high as four. Uh, I've seen him as, you know, I think I might be kind of the lowest on him. Uh, I'm okay with that for now for all the reasons that you described. I think I'm lower on him than you based on, but yeah, I think... I do think I have, him. I guess, a handful of spots below most people. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right. So sticking with our uh, with my crusty veteran, and again, I love these old veterans. I trade for them all the time. And you only, I mean, if you have a late first round pick, you only can do one. So pick your flavor. But I don't think it would take a first round pick to get a guy who just gets you a thousand yards every year, who can get you eight touchdowns, and that's Brandon Cooks, man. Brandon Cooks uh, was probably the wide receiver to target in the later rounds if you went robust RB in, in any format this year. Uh, we we got to see. Um, I have to. Do you know his contract status? Do you know if he is uh, going to be on Houston again? Let me see right now. I want to say he's got a year left, but I could be wrong. Okay. Let me just look it up in real time while we're, while we're talking here. Um, I use Sport Track. Is that what you use as well? I usually use Over the Cap. 
Oh, with a cap. Yeah, those are two good ones. But um, let's see. Cooks is. Yeah, no, he's. Oh, yeah, he signed through 22. So that's a 12 and a half million bucks. Um, let's see. Yeah. So, okay. So in trade candidate to one year in his contract, underpriced. Uh, he'd have some value if they wanted to move him. I think they'd keep him just because they need some decent veterans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, what look what did Houston just do? They signed um they they extended Rex Burkhead. You know? Careful there. They extended uh Rex. Can you hear me okay, Jerry? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. They extended Rex Burkhead. I mean, they want veterans on that team to help aid in the growth of Davis Mills, right? I mean, it seems like Davis Mills is going to open the year as the 22 quarterback unless they can't move Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, Maybe. so let's start with that. So talk me yeah, through. I don't know what's going on there. Davis Mills, uh, multiple 300-yard like games. It. Yeah. I mean, I if just, we re- they fired Cully, though. So I guess I was like, if you were going to, you know, the re-signing Burkhead, bring back Mills, I don't get why not. I don't really get why they fired him or why they hired him in the first place if he was going to get fired even if he did a good job. But. You know what it struck me as? And that's, you make a really, it's a really funny point. He's kind of like, he got Josh Rosen. Oh, okay. We draft, we hired this guy. And then you're like, you're like, I, I, just because we have him, we don't need to hold him through another year, you know? So, but yeah, I, I mean, Houston was one of the teams that didn't just lay down and, and give up. I, I probably would have held on and see what I had, but maybe they just didn't, you know, there's, there's things beyond that. What we knew I, I didn't, he didn't strike me as a coach that was, an elevator, you know, someone that like brought the team, you know, to the next level. But I, I like Brandon cooks, especially if he's in Houston, he seemed to have a nice connection with Davis mills. He'd be my next by low. And again, this is someone that, you know, you could probably give a second round rookie pick. Uh, you could probably, you know, Jalen Rager and a third of somebody. And I don't know how much Jalen Rager's value has totally been squashed at this point, but I think Brandon Cooks uh, for a contending team or someone that's on the fringe of the playoffs is a pretty good buy. All right, let's move on to your next uh, buy low target for Dynasty Fantasy Football. And this one surprised me a little bit because I thought he was a little bit more expensive, but Michael Pittman, you can see that is a little bit undervalued right now. Why? Uh, so I think he just slow second half of the season. Uh, a little bit of the same thing as Devonta Smith, where his team was just running the ball so much. Uh, and also his touchdowns, which, you know, are harder to predict. were just very heavily tilted to the first half of the season. We thought he played really well, uh, maintained dominant target share, solid efficiency numbers with a bad quarterback. Uh, and that's another one where I think either Carson Wentz will be back or end in the second year in the system, or they'll get someone better. Hopefully they get someone better. Uh, but I don't think, I don't think there's much of a scenario where he's playing with a worse quarterback in a lesser pass, passing off offense. Yeah. Okay. So I, and also he is, you know, he is the number one target on that team either way. I, I pretty much think that Carson Wentz will be back. I, I just, you know, they paid a first-round pick. They can't just let him go at this point. He was good enough to give another year. Frank Reich seems to like him. Uh, you know, the, the Jonathan, the, they're still going to be centered around Jonathan Taylor. They're going to be a run-first team. So we'll see. But I, I, if you think – Michael Pittman went pretty high in the dynasty startup I did. He was maybe like wide receiver 11 or 12 off the board. But Oh, wow. Okay. Know, let me let, – actually, let me double-check that. because Let me see, let's see where I have him. I have I him. him that high. 
Let me see. No, I might be uh, overstating the case. I have him as wide receiver 15. Yeah, that's about where he went. He went around like 15 or, or 16. Would you rather have uh, uh, Michael Pittman or knowing what we know now about Calvin Ridley? Um, that's tough. Cause like Calvin Ridley, I'm like, I'm good at analyzing football. I don't know if Calvin, I don't know what's going on with you're on the him. clock. And those are the two best guys right there. You're, right. you're it's on like the clock. You're mental health thing. So it's like, who knows? He, maybe he is, maybe his mental health thing is that football is bad for his mental health and he doesn't want to play anymore. Well, that's why, you know, you're on the clock today. You're in a dynasty startup today and you're on the clock. You need it. You've, you've taken one run. You've taken a running back. You've taken a receiver. You got your quarterback in a super flex league. It's time to you're, you're in the market Alfred here Ridley for a wide receiver. Pittman, gun to my head. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I do the more risky thing gun to my head. So Calvin Ridley. Okay. Right. So you think that yeah. the upside is still better for Calvin Ridley age 27. Okay. I, that's fair. I, uh, yeah. but I think that's a, I think that's a real decision. Your struggle with that just illustrates that that is the right area for him to, um, uh, to, to, to kind of be ranked. I have Ridley right now at 17. I have Pittman at 15, but I, I could like be I would take, you, had, you said you had Devonte Adams around the same range too, right? I have Devontae. Adams here. Let me look at it. I have Adams at 12. Okay. I've Adams 12. And right now you can see all our Superflex rankings. I just updated everything. Our Dynasty Superflex rankings. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try. You can see all of the updated rankings. You can comment. Let us know where you agree, where you disagree. All right. So moving on to a couple more by lows. Uh, who did I have? Okay. By low, I think that I mentioned him a little bit earlier, but he is sure to be undervalued. Regression man, Hunter Renfro. I saw an, I mean, all, what is Ron Hunter Renfro? What else does he have to do? In college, he was that guy, right? And in the pros, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver. He finished as like wide receiver 10 this year. But it, it's an uh, undervalued strategy to have these plug-and-play wide receiver threes. I, I, I don't think you can rank Hunter Renfro outside of the top 30 wide receivers. Let me just see exactly where I have him. Renfro for moving forward for the dynasty rank. I might even say I, I have him too. I have, I have him as wide receiver 32. Would you rather have, I mean, that seems about right. I'm looking about the, the, the players I have around him, but would you rather have Renfro or Jerry Judy moving forward? Jerry Judy. That's a, You're throwing out all the hardest names to value here. Ridley Judy. Um, well, these are the I'll tough take, decisions. That dynasty. Judy. I also, I think I do tend to focus more on upside at wide receiver. So I sort of disagree with this, the, the loading up on the wide receiver three types. It depends on format again, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm usually when it comes to the receivers. Push I'm back. Sure. Let me hear why. Let me hear why you, you don't like taking these like floor guys. That, but because I, 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 I think I can find them out of off waivers, off of trades, off, as you know, throw ins to trades. I think I can basically, I think I can pull them out of my butt. So I don't want to give up anything for it. Yeah. Um, in- so I guess I'd, I'd rather take the shot on, um, and is you know, I mean, I do think Hunter Renfro is going to have staying power. I think he's, you know, yes, even if he's only a slot guy, he's one of the five best, which means like whatever team he's on is going to throw a lot of passes. The slot guy run three wide a lot. We saw because of him, the Raiders changed their formation usage, other injuries, you know, played into that. Uh, but no, I still, I still think, you know, I don't think he has that much of a ceiling. I think this year is pretty close to it. Um, and I think Jerry do Judy does still have, you know, like a top five, top 10 wide receiver ceiling. Um, but Denver is tough right now. That's one where there's, 
the QB uncertainty should be a good thing, but I just don't trust it ending well. I don't, I don't see how they sell themselves to Rogers or Wilson right now after the way they finished the year. Yeah. And I, and I think again, that uh, Jerry's a, Jerry's a, you're a sharp dynasty player. And, but I also think that the market is going to tend to agree with you on that one. So that's what makes Renfro right. a buy low to me is that if you think he's just going to regress to being just wide receiver 40, then yes, you're right. But if you think that he could be a top 24, a wide receiver two weekly, you know, give you that 12 point floor with 18 point upside each week, you're, you're going to be able to get him. And it's not like, Hey, what rookie pick can I trade from? Cause it just doesn't work like that in dynasty. You know that. I mean, rarely it does. In some right. cases it does. If you're talking about your first rounders, but Renfro is one of those players that you could add to a deal to get to, to upgrade. It may be a two for one coming your way. Um, where let's say somebody wants Tyler Lockett or somebody values you. Let's say Russ stays in. Okay. Here's a good example. Let's say Russ goes to the New York giants, total hypothetical, right? So Kadarius Tony's value is going to be on the rise, obviously. And for good reason. And somebody wants uh Kadarius Tony from you and you get a player back. You can maybe uh, so, someone that you like, you can add a Hunter Renfro for that, which gives you some more depth in these dynasty leagues. So when I say buy low, I think that he is attainable and he is startable in most formats, especially these deeper formats that you and I both play. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah no, I think, I mean, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna have a bunch of good seasons here. Like I don't think it's going to be a one year wonder thing. He's had a steady progression. Uh, and like you said, yeah, in college too, he's just, at every level he's yeah. done well and i know he has the reputation of being you know like the super unathletic guy who just wins on like discipline and effort but i i think he looks a little more athletic but like this year like he's he's a step faster than he used to be he's still a step gets, slower than a lot of the other receivers but he's a step faster he gets open he's got incredible hands and he's just a good football player right he's i mean i think faster that's than jarvis landry right and he's still one of the best eight years later he's still one of the best slot guys when he's healthy you know, it's funny. We have this tendency to compare Hunter Renfro to like a Danny Amendola, or Julian Edelman for obvious reasons. You know, like, hey, it's the slow white guy, right? right. But I think Jarvis Landry is the better comparison. He's yeah, the he's hands not as guy. He's Landry, but otherwise very similar. Yeah. Right. And he's a reliable target that a quarterback can trust. So uh, I think that's, I, I love that comparison. You're going to hear me use that on the, on dynasty podcast. And I, I Jarvis will Landry is just, is Hunter Renfro on steroids. Yes. We'll call that's him a, a, we'll call Renfro poor man's peak Landry. There we go. Yep. All right. You have uh, Rashad Bateman uh, on your list. Bateman's going to be an interesting case because yes, he disappointed relative to expectation, but there are like, there's a, there's a Bateman hive out there that is very vicious. You never want to say anything bad about Rashad Bateman on Twitter unless you have very thick skin. So let's say that because I'm a Rashad Bateman fantasy manager and I might be looking to move him. So uh, you're right. This is a good buy low. Explain why. I So I think for me, it's the same thing with the upside with the receivers. Um, and I'm a Ravens fan. So maybe I have a little bit of bias being frustrated with Marquise Brown um, you know, I can't remember the last time he did anything, but you know, he started the season very well. But I think, I think with Marquise Brown, there's a higher certainty than with Rashad Bateman that he's a good NFL player, a solid player, right? We know we've seen enough that Marquise Brown isn't bad, but I also feel like we've seen enough that he's not great, right? It looked like at the beginning of this year, maybe it was happening, maybe he was having his breakout. 
Um, and I think some of the narrative will say that, you know, oh, Lamar got hurt and that's what happened. But Hollywood was struggling long before Lamar got hurt. He was struggling before the rest of the Ravens offense was struggling. Hey, hey Jerry, uh, uh, Hollywood Brown broke uh, 10 fantasy points once over the last five weeks of the season. So your yeah. uh, your your statement there about finishing uh, slow understatement. Yeah, 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 I think I mean. And I do, I guess some might say that makes him uh, buy low, right? Because owners will have so soured mm-hmm. on him. Uh, but the way I'm seeing it is I think Rashad Bateman has some shot to be a superstar, right? I don't know that he's going to be. He didn't quite look like that as a rookie. He also had an injury, a core muscle injury that he needed surgery right before the season. Uh, had a late debut, had to be worked into the offense. So there were some things working against him and then his quarterback got injured. Uh, but I think he has some chance to be a superstar. Hollywood Brown, after watching every game, pretty much every snap he's played for three, four years now, I'd be pretty shocked if he's a legit superstar. Like, he's a poor man's Deshaun Jackson. Um, I think the best case scenario is that he becomes a slightly less poor man's Deshaun Jackson. Um, he's just not. If it was going to happen with him having more of an impact in the short intermediate passing game. He had those chances over and over again this year. He just doesn't do much after the catch on the short passes. Uh, He's just so small. He's not as elusive as you'd like for someone his speed. Uh, So yeah, with Rashad Bateman, I just think he's a first round pick on a team with a disappointing number one receiver, at least slightly disappointing. So I'd buy into the possibility of Bateman overtaking a Hollywood as soon as like week one, of this upcoming year. Yeah. And those are your fine, uh, your fantasy wide receiver by lows, everybody. I, I like Jerry's list. I like your list a lot. I wasn't even thinking along the lines of going after disappointing young players. They're going to be a little bit more expensive than the, the guys I named and, you know, and, but they did, they fit different team constructions as well. So I think we gave you a, a well-rounded list. We talked about Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Brandon cooks on the older player side. We talked about Michael Pittman, uh, Terry McLaurin, Rashad Bateman on the younger player side. And if you're not, if you're new to Dynasty and you're just getting into the format now, welcome to the addiction. Welcome to the obsession. We're going to be here with you every week on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast stream. So check in. We're not sure if we're going to post on Mondays or Tuesdays just yet, but early in the week, we're going to be here talking about Dynasty all offseason long. We're going to have Jerry back uh, every couple of weeks talking a little bit more about rookies as we get closer to the draft. Dynasty strategy and some other good uh, targets and strategies, how to um, to pull off trades. Uh, before we go, Jerry, any uh, we talked about these these players to target. Do you have a strategy to how to get a trade executed? I mean, are you just sending blindly a trade? Do you follow up with DMs? What if it's someone that you kind of casually know? What's your actual technique for trying to get a deal done? usually i'll so usually i mostly play an mfl so usually i'll just send an offer but i write something in the notes so like let's say so i like rashad bateman i don't like so let's say i go and i'm like i'll write i'll try to send hollywood for bateman and then i'll write in the notes you know i also would be interested in tight end help and I have wide receivers to spare if you need it or whatever, like, you know. So you do you hold- take a look at do you take a look at the other guy's roster first before you send because nothing is more irritating to me than when someone yes. sends me a deal that does nothing for my roster. Yes, no. And that's part of what I like about Dynasty is you don't deal with that. Nine times out of ten, that's a redraft trade where it's like you didn't why would 
I have Kelsey and Gronkowski. No, I don't want your tight end. Like, did you even look? Yeah, so that's part of what I like about Dynasty is like less time wasting. And the trades actually happen, right? In redraft leagues, it's oh, it's like impossible. there's one yeah. trade a year. There's one trade a year, and it's usually a ripoff. It's just someone who, whose team stunk, they got sick of it, and they just reshuffled by sending right. their best players to their friend. Or, or it's an injured star. Christian McCaffrey got traded right. when he went out week three. That happens sometimes, right. you know. I made a terrible trade where I traded away Christian McCaffrey and redraft for Chris Carson, but we ended up both not getting anything out of either player. So, so you know, terrible. Uh, so during the year, I, I love reading your your work on Rotowire, your work on defenses, and um, and your other articles that you post. What is your signature piece of, of work that you post or that you work on in the offseason? Uh, so I'll do this off season. I'll probably do more dynasty content. Um, I don't remember exactly what the name of it is, but basically I track value throughout the off season. Like um, a market watch type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the, I think Mario, Mario Puig has also done something similar in the past. Um, and I'd like to come up with something new too. Uh, still like still kind of in between in season and an off season mode. Uh, but I'll figure that out soon. All right, Jerry, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, Jerry Donaby. Very simple. It's my name. Okay. And you can also look in the link of this video or podcast and we'll have all of Jerry's socials. Uh, all right, Jerry, this was awesome. Uh, this was our, our first dynasty podcast of the new season of the 2022 season. We'll be back again. And if you have any questions, you can always hit up Jerry on Twitter, on social media. You can hit up myself. I'm at Alan Zaslowski. You can also check out some of our other socials uh, on TikTok, Instagram. There's at Rotowire. And if you want to get, check out all of our dynasty content for free our rankings, our market updates, get our podcast, everything. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try. You get 10 days. You don't have to use a credit card. You just put in your email and it just lapses when it's over. There's nothing to cancel or anything like that. So we'll be back next week with another Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. Bye, everybody. Don't, 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 don't.